Come on. Welcome to Lip Blood REI and welcome our guest, strong and powerful Kajal Shahani. Kajal is an award-winning realtor who's been featured on HGTV as well as Top Agent Magazine and Newsweek. Welcome, Kajal. Thank you so much. Excited to have you on. Kajal, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Absolutely. So I am a California-based realtor, uh, Silicon Valley to be specific area-wise. Fun times right now, of course. Um, I've been a realtor for about 18 years uh, here in California. Um, I'm married with three kids and a dog. And uh, yeah, I love what I do. It's it's fun stuff right now. Nice. I appreciate all that. So when you say fun times right now, what what are you referring to? So post-COVID living. <laughs> and granted, we are still in COVID, but uh, the real estate market has absolutely just been on fire. Um, I feel like realtors in California, we went back to work, I want to say May 4th, 2020. So we were shut down just for a very brief period. Um, and everybody kind of thought, you know, the market, there's, there's something going to be going on with the market. It's either going to slow down or, um, you know, people will be too scared to be, you know, leaving their house, etc. cetera. Uh, things went completely the opposite. So since May 2020 to now, there's been double digit appreciation. Um, primarily in the Bay Area, but I see U.S. wide too. I have a lot of clients that buy outside states. Um, I know there's been a huge migration from California to Texas, California to Utah, uh, California to Florida, and those states have been exploding just as California has too. Um, The job market, low interest rates, I think all of that is fueling it. So I joke around sometimes that I feel like May 2020 to today has just been like one long day in our world. (laughs) (laughs) How funny. And it, it it it's certainly been 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 odd at every level, and looking yeah. looking at real estate has been it's fascinating. It's obviously people are going through COVID and and everything that you talked about, how people can work remotely, and so there's different opportunities. And interest rates have have remained low. Um, so you work in working in Silicon Valley. Uh, it's it's always been yeah. unique, and now it's even more unique because home values are are so high. How do you yeah. how do you think about that, or, or perhaps you don't think about that because you're like inside the jar, right? Like this is just my reality. Right. Uh, yeah. I was having a conversation with some folks who I would just deem to be regular folks. Um, how do you talk to folks? Well, just how, how, how do you think about working in an environment where home values are so high and going up? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's always a fun conversation. So I find that most people that jump into the market are very well aware of, of what's been happening, right? Like spending time online looking at property value is kind of how first-time home buyers start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they'll start reaching out to their realtor, et cetera. Um, but if I take on a first-time home buyer, I think deep diving them into the market with a the buyer consult is so crucial because 
What I don't like is, let's say, this, I mean, this happens all the time where somebody will call and say, oh, I loved this house, but a day later it's pending online. I totally missed out. And it's like, no, you know, that's FOMO. People have FOMO. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, no, no. First of all, step back. You don't know if that home even landed in your price point because the list price is just the starting point. I call it the teaser price. And from there, based on demand, based on multiple offers, um, I mean, it's in the higher end, like luxury market, I would say minimum 10% over list price is what we're looking at when we're, when we're offering, which is crazy. Um, the luxury market, $3 million plus. So um, jumping into the market, you have to, I think, for my buyers who are just starting, they have to realize that's what they're going to be up against. I've had a few in the past 12 months who just got burned out. And I don't, I don't at all blame them because it is, it's, it's taxing, you know, it's, a, it, it becomes very obsessive. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, so, you know, if they, and if they don't get something after three, four or five times, um, they're said, well, you know, it's not meant to be, et cetera. But I would take the emotion out of it and try to kind of keep them grounded and say, Hey, it's just the way the market is. The inventory is super tight you have to be able to go all in. You have to love the home to be able to go all in. Um, but emotionally, if you're just not ready for all of that, then I would, you know, I would tell them to take a step back or we could table this until the market calms down. And then obviously that trickles into when is the market going to calm down? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's fascinating. Is it possible to remove emotion out of this? Just because homes are such a, it's such an emotional thing. Yeah, it's so, well, so that's the thing. I mean, I think it's so personality type, right, to each their own. There's some people who jump in with me and they look at it as a pure transaction, hmm. you know, like it's just, hey, I, I want to live in this location. I want to spend this amount of money. And if I don't get it, I don't get it. And if I do get it, great, I'm going to be super thrilled. Whereas I have other buyers who are just like, I tell people, especially right now when people are buying, don't get emotionally attached to the house. Don't let the house break your heart. <laughs> um, I have to try, I have to reiterate that statement multiple times. You have to go in. You have to kind of go in as a buyer right now, like really having a talk with yourself. <laughs> it's so funny. Going back to podcasting, I tell my clients too. A lot of my clients, I'm like, you know. It's, it's an emotional roller coaster. You have to stay on a straight line with emotions when it comes to these houses, you know, <laughs> and it's so difficult, especially the ones who have very specific requirements that gets very challenging because inventory is so tight. They may find one every three, four five months, you know, and if they don't get that one, it gets very challenging. So, um, so I think keeping emotions out of it, is is huge but obviously not losing sight of why you're buying the house so for a first-time home buyer it's you know to start a family to start you know kind of a a new place a lot of my clients have either just gotten married or just having a first kid it's all very emotional you know um my second time home buyers their kids are getting older i've had a ton of clients these past 12 months where they said we're just we knew we were busting at the seams with our current home but obviously COVID living took us to a point where we confirmed that now we want our kids who potentially are middle school, high school. We want their last 
four, five, six, seven, eight years at home to have this beautiful backyard with this pool and all this stuff, which is kind of what drove the luxury market crazy in our area. So very emotional decisions. It's very difficult to keep the emotions out of the purchase, but but it's it's me constantly telling them, like, don't let this house break your heart. Let's just do the best we can. And I think the biggest thing is when we're offering on a home, there's a threshold for everybody, right? I mean, sometimes buyers go rogue and, like, throw money at whatever. I mean, it doesn't make sense with comparables and all that stuff. We can't control those buyers, A. B, people that are getting loans sometimes can't compete against all cash offers. Mm -hmm. So there's certain things you just have no control over, but you've got to do the best you can. So I usually tell my clients, here's my offer guidance. If you don't get it at this price, I don't want you to be sad. So pick a price where you're not going to be sad that you lost it. For each price bucket, that's a different threshold. The luxury market, again, 10, 15% over asking, very normal, very standard. First time home buyer price point, like let's say between 1.2 and 1.8, totally different conversation. Um, but in each, in each bucket of buyers, you know, everybody has their threshold. And if somebody goes beyond your threshold, you just let it be. You know, it just wasn't meant to be. It's one of those things. Um, but keeping emotions out of it, super challenging, but so important. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that certainly does make sense. I, I appreciate the, um, the, the conversation around price buckets and having different thresholds. Um, and you were talking about how, uh, I, and I also love the language of don't, don't let this house break your heart and we're going to do the best that we can yeah. and how difficult it is with inventory being the way that it is. Just there's not that many homes that are on the market. And so people that are yep. trying to buy a house, it gets really competitive and so if you do have very specific requirements, um, I, I can see where that would be very, very challenging and this could take a really long time. Yeah. The flip side yeah. of that coin, just from the outside looking in, I, I, I would say, okay, if I'm trying to manage my emotions and be realistic, is there sort of, you talked about the price buckets, is there also a... Um, sort of a desire like like okay here here are the things i have to have in a house but here are things that would yep. be nice to have and here are things how how do you kind of coach people through for lack of a better term parameters yeah absolutely so i would say with any of these buyers first second third investment property buyer there's there's never going to be a home that has 100 percent of what you want hmm. ever i mean it'd be, i'd be shocked if i found one <laughs> <laughs> um so I usually tell my buyers, in this market, if the house has 70% of what you're looking for and the remainder 30% does not have anything to do with a location flaw, then it's worth going all in. So don't compromise on location because we all, I mean, location, 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 right? With real estate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't compromise on the location. But I, in my opinion, everything else is compromisable except perhaps something going on with the floor plan um, that's not changeable, which is kind of hard to find. I actually came across a house the other day. You know, I thought it was perfect for my client. Um, perfect, 70% perfect. Granted, there were certain things that I was like, oh, I could probably change that. Um, and lo and behold, my client said, oh, I love the house, 
I hate the staircase that's in the middle of the house. And I'm like, whoa, in 18 years, I don't think I've ever heard someone complain about a staircase. Hmm. Um, so you, you just kind of, you just kind of don't know what's going to tick your buyer for yay or nay, you know? But generally speaking, I would say 70%, if a house has 70% of what you're looking for in today's market, where inventory is super tight, you should take it seriously. Now, when inventory is not tight, I would say you could probably get pretty close to 80, 90% even, because then you have multiple homes to choose from. Um, the other day I spoke to uh, a new buyer who's debating jumping into the market. And I said, hey, let's pencil in some time, you know, this Sunday, I'll need like about an hour. And he's like, oh, only an hour? And then I had to explain there's going to be maybe one house that we're going to take a look at. And he was super shocked. But, but that's, that's the reality of it. So if that one house checks off 70% of your needs list, you go for it, you know? Um, obviously, if the feeling's right and all that fun stuff. Um, I do have a lot of clients who are directionally dependent. So a lot of clients will not buy certain facing houses, for example, um, for religious beliefs, for natural light and all that fun stuff. So the house may check out like 80, 90% and then the direction is wrong. And it's like, oh, okay, so that's kind of a bummer. Um, so it becomes very, the specifications make it even harder. Um, but, but generally, I would say keep it at 70% in a tight inventory market and you can probably get something uh, that you could work with. I love it. Perfect. So for folks who, who money is, is an object for, 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 for folks who it's, it's, it's not an infinite resource. So probably, probably the first time home buyer and yeah. they're, they're, they are getting frustrated by this, but you talked about them and you, or you talked to them, you said, here's what we're looking for. And we, we, we understand what our budget is and, you know, from a financial standpoint, the last thing that, 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 that we want to see people do is to buy way too much house because then they won't have any money yes. to do other stuff. How do you talk people through right. that? Yeah. So a lot of my clients actually have, um, they do consult a financial planner, which is really helpful by the way. Um, I'm sure you can agree with that. Um, and so they usually run it by their financial planner along with getting a very, very underwritten proper pre-approval letter has so much to do with this comment as well. Um, but, but what I'm finding is I have a lot of first-time home buyers, which is a little bit more prevalent with, with uh, finances. So with first-time home buyers, they get their pre-approval. They may or may not have a financial advisor. Um, and when they get their pre-approval, they're pretty conservative, which, which is good. So so let's say, for example, one of my buyers is pre-approved up to 1.5. They'll kind of share that their comfort level is more like 1, 2, 1, 3, but they're pre-approved up to 1.5. So that's been mostly the trend here. But then what gets kind of gray area is the overbidding. So you can't get much. Well, I'll, I'll take that back. You can get much for 1, 2, 1, 3. It just depends on location and type of property. But let's say something's at one, two, it has the potential if it has a good location as the right product, it has the potential to get overbid to one five. So this is where this kind of market gets challenging because a lot of people will jump their comfort zone, quote unquote, 
and go to their pre-approval amount hmm. and then work through, you know, work through their lender, work through their financial advisor and say, what does this extra $300,000 look like? And then they'll equate it back to X amount of dollars in mortgage, X amount of dollars in down payment, et cetera. And I say most have exceeded that um, because that's how much overbidding there is. So it's in most cases, I would say they do exceed their comfort level, but still their debt to income ratios are so low right now. I'd say like 30 to 40%. So they're still okay. It's not like they're maxing themselves out. But just comfort level, a lot of these guys are really young. They, they're they just starting their families. So there's a lot of unknowns, right? And then there's a lot of like, hey, I want to travel. I still want to do this. So I still want to live. I don't want to be house poor. So um, it's a thought out decision. The challenge I would say in today's market is things move so quickly that they have to be very well prepared on, for example, what one two to one five looks like on the back end before even offering because the decision-making is so fast. Like, and if you're not a quick decision-making person, it's going to be a very challenging uphill battle to purchase in today's market. So you have to kind of know your numbers uh, before, you, before you even jump into the market or before you even offer on a property. Yeah, I think that that's really well said. So knowing what those numbers are and understanding uh, what your pre-approval is and if 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 the amount that I was planning on on spending was 1.2 million or was was X and all of a sudden it looks like I need to go up $100,000 potentially how that will impact the overall plan and will I am I willing to do that um, on the front right. end and really know those numbers that's essential and yep. positions you for success absolutely love it well, Kajal, the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Ooh, good one. Um, so, you know, with I would say for my kind of business, treat your realtor, and I would love to treat my clients back this way too. I'm in it with you for the journey of buying and selling your real estate journey. It's not a transaction for me. It's a life. It's it's a life relationship. And I'm at the point 18 years later, I've bought and sold. I think my, my greatest one has like probably bought and sold six times with me at this point. Nice. Um, and it's amazing to see, yeah, where they start and where they are. And then, and that's not it. I'll probably hope I'll end up selling them a retirement home as well. Um, but for me, it's not a transaction. It's a journey. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on, come on. Kajal, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you? Yeah, absolutely. Follow me at Kajal Shahani Real Estate on Facebook and Instagram. Feel free to DM me. And my website is kajalshahani.com. Perfect. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Kajal your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to kajalshahani.com. That's K A A. J-A-L-S-H-A-H-A-N-I.com. Find her on Facebook and Instagram. I will list all those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Kajal. Thank you. Take care. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.